Hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this week we're gonna talk a little bit about empowering your clients. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, and welcome back to yet another episode of Life Beyond the Massage Table. We are at episode 93. I think I've said this many, many times, but I still can't believe I'm almost at 100 episodes. That's pretty awesome. Um, I will mention again that I am still taking submissions for ideas for episodes between now and episode 100. So if you have ideas or something you'd love to hear me discuss or something even just you need help with with your own business and thought it would make a good podcast topic, which is totally fine, um, you can send me an email, Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E at happylittlebiz.com and uh, I'll take it from there. So let's jump into this week's topic. So this week I wanted to talk about something I think is pretty important for us to understand as people in helping professions. And that's, you know, whether you consider yourself a healthcare professional, a fitness business owner, a wellness provider, some other category within that sort of health, wellness and fitness, uh, you know, major category umbrella or however you want to think of it. But regardless of what you think of yourself or regardless of your job title or whatever, it's essential that you understand this. It's essential that we all understand this. So what am I talking about? Well, I hinted at it in the opening and that's, it is your job to empower your clients. So this might be obvious to a lot of you. You might be going, well, yeah, and, you know, click, I'm going on to the next episode. But I think... A lot of us think we're doing a good job of it, but we're not necessarily doing the best job of it. Because a trend I'm seeing with people working in our careers that, you know, the health, wellness and fitness realm is that we're getting a bit of a, I don't know, a collective chip on our shoulders. Let's call it that. Because, and this is especially, by the way, true with the massage therapy community. I love you all. I used to be a massage therapist, as you know, but I'm observing this, but I'm also observing it from some of the other communities as well. Um, I'm only pointing at massage therapy because I feel like I can because I was a massage therapist and I did some of these things. Um, But certainly other professions are doing it as well. And it's that we want to show how we're experts and we have important knowledge and we should be respected. And in the case of massage therapists in Canada, that we belong as part of the Regulated Health Professions Act, we belonged there, we should be treated as health professionals. And all of that's totally true. That's, you know, totally true. I'm not going to argue with you. I do believe that that's true. I do believe that if you're a wellness professional, you know, you have certain skills that other people don't have. I mean, that's why people are coming to pay you, right? For your, for what you do. So that's all true, but it's only true to a point because ultimately we all need to remember this. And that is most clients. In fact, I'd say all clients and patients on some level are worried they're going to be told what to do in the sense of losing their ability to make their own decisions. 
you see this happen a lot with um well again you know I don't like to point fingers but I'll just I'll just say it with some doctors and some chiropractors and some uh, surgeons and some hospital situations. It's not all, I'm definitely not, you know, painting a broad brush here, but that seems to be where people sort of carry that worry the most. They're worried that, you know, they're going to go into surgery and the surgeon's going to do extra procedures that they didn't ask for. Or they're worried that like their doctor is going to, um, without their consent, do some extra thing on them or like give them an injection or whatever. People do genuinely worry about that stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not, as I'm sure you all know, I'm not making this up. People really do worry about that stuff, right? And so sometimes you see that pattern with other health, wellness, and fitness professions, you know, because people do worry about those things. They do worry about um, seeing, that's part of the reason, by the way, a lot of times people don't book in to see a professional is partly it's that worry. It's that worry that someone's going to tell them what to do and they're not really, because they're paying them, they're not really going to have a choice, right? But it's literally your job and, you know, our job as health and wellness and fitness professionals to make sure they feel like the decisions are in their hands, not our hands, their hands. Yes, we have expertise. You have expertise. And it's important to demonstrate that as it does build trust. No, no question about that. You know, you're the professional for a reason after all. You know, you went to school, you did the training, you got your diploma, your degree, you worked hard, you have experience. You're awesome at what you do. And that's cool. And that's not something to just ignore. And yes, I know, because some of you are probably listening to this and going, well, a lot of my clients aren't really like that. I, I know. I know there's a lot of clients or at least a good chunk of clients who are, they're just very compliant and agreeable people. And, you know, they're going to agree with no matter what you say. And they don't really want to make a lot of decisions. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to think too hard. It's just, you know, if you tell them do X, Y, Z, they'll do X, Y, Z, or mostly do X, Y, Z. You know, if you tell them to book, you know, four appointments, then they'll book four appointments. You know, there are people who are like that. They're very compliant and that's fine and that's great and that's their choice. But in the end, that is the important part. The power still has to rest with them. They still have to have that choice. You have to give them the information based on your knowledge and your experience and everything and let them make their own decision about it without being too pushy or rude or saying sort of a my way or the highway kind of attitude. And I know for you healthcare folks, this is probably super familiar because guess what? That's all part of informed consent. But for those of you who aren't in sort of um, a major regulated health profession where informed consent is sort of a taught thing, it's very important. It's actually part of your regulations. Maybe that's a new concept to you. But yes, your clients have to be the decision makers, even if you don't agree with their decision. Yeah, you can tell them that tactfully, obviously, you know, you can say, Something along like, you know, hey, are you sure about that? Here's why I have concerns. You know, again, I'm, you know, let's go over the benefits of, of why you should do this treatment or why you should take this medication or whatever it is. And talk to them, talk through it, um, see if you can clear up any misconceptions they have, worries they have, concerns they have. 
But in the end, they are the ones calling the shots and you need to let that go if that bothers you. Because I've noticed for some people, it seems to bother them and they don't like the fact that sometimes, you know, like they'll give their clients us homework or they'll give their clients exercises, they'll tell them to do something and then their clients won't do it. And I get it. You know, it is frustrating, especially when the client is like, oh, well, but like, aren't you supposed to fix me? Well, <laughs> yeah, okay, you can validly say, um, no, I'm not really supposed to fix you, but I can help you with your problem, but you have to actually do the things I told you to do, <laughs> right? But in the end, overall, you kind of have to say to yourself, you know what? That's their decision. That's their prerogative. That's their power. They're the ones that call the shots. If they don't want to sign up for a treatment protocol that you're strongly recommending and all signs are pointing, you know, to that being a really good solution for them, you know, like the research says it or coworkers or experience or like whatever it is, this is, you know, based on your knowledge, this is the best treatment protocol for this person and they don't want to do it, that's their call. Or they don't want to do the nutrition plan that you've come up with because they're not comfortable with it for some reason. Even though you've gone over it with them very, you know, meticulously, you spent a long time talking to them and coming up with the plan. You've talked extensively about it, all the benefits and the costs and like just why it would be such a great idea and they still don't want to do it. That's their call. Or they don't want to come to the gym more than once a week. They just don't. You know, even though you've patiently explained multiple times why it would be beneficial to exercise more than once a week, why, you know, hey, it doesn't cost any extra to come to the gym extra, you know, you can do the exercise on your own, you don't have to wait for me or like whatever it might be, but they won't do it. They just won't. That's their call. So you guys get what I'm saying here. Now, sometimes the issue is you. <laughs> Maybe you're being too pushy, like I already said, too know-it-all, too focused on what is right for the big picture according to research, according to like what you've seen in other clients or whatever. And you're not thinking about them as an individual, as a human being. You're not like, say, for example, you're telling somebody that they need to come to the gym. I'm just going to use this as an example because it's fairly benign. They need to come to the gym four times a week in order to see any results. And you're expecting them to do an hour workout each time and record all of their food habits and um, in between drink so many ounces of water and da 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 like a big plan, a big like workout plus nutrition plan. And this person who you're giving this to is a busy single parent of three kids who works a high stress job and doesn't really have that much time to dedicate and told you that right off the top when they hired you to be their personal trainer or their you know nutritionist or whatever your position is in this. Um, that's on you. I'm sorry, but that's on you. You know, if you're being pushy and telling them, no, 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 this is the only way to fix the problem. You're not working with their circumstances. It would be a whole lot better if you said, well, okay, your progress is going to be slower. But if you're aware of that, if you're down with that, okay, here's a plan that we can do twice a week. You know, you can do it like once with me every two weeks and then da, 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 da. You, you get, you get the point here. So you've, you've got this attitude where like, oh no, if they don't follow my exact recommendations, then, you know, forget that. Well, it doesn't work that way, right? You have to go with who the person is and what their needs are, right? But sometimes it's not something you said or did. 
You know, you didn't do anything. You did everything right. You took into account their situation. You took into account other practitioners or providers they've seen and medications they're on and everything about them that you possibly could take into account. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just that the client wants to do something different from what you recommended. They're human. They have that right. You know, they came to see you, but in the end, they, you know, they're just not, they thought that they wanted to do it, but they don't now, you know, and that's okay because it is up to them. It's your job to make that crystal clear to them that, you know, even if they decide, you know, even if they've been paying you for, for say four or five treatments and they're deciding, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. You have to empower them to be able to make that decision and be comfortable with that. In the end, for most people, well, you know, they don't want to be treated like they're stupid or they don't have rights or, you know, just because you have a diploma, you know what's best for them and their body and their situation. So you need to create an environment where they feel safe to share things with you, where they have a right to choose their own treatments, plan, workout, etc., something that fits them and their life and what they need. And also make it super clear to them they have the right to walk away if it's not working for them. And that is totally okay. You know, I mean, I'll share this with you guys. I had a patient back when I was massaging um, who was seeing me like super, super regularly for, for something. Um, I'm going to be super vague about it because I don't want to reveal anything about this person in case they're listening for one thing. But if they're, even if they're not listening, you know, I, I don't want to give any hints as to who this person might be. Um, but yeah, they were seeing me super, super regularly for something. And I remember at one point going, I'm not seeing a lot of progression on what we've been working on. So I kind of told this person, um, you know, feel free to stop booking these weekly appointments. I'm, I'm throwing in weekly. They weren't necessarily weekly. Um, you know, just stop. you don't have to keep rebooking. I am, you know, if you feel that you, you aren't making enough progression, because I'm not seeing a lot of change right now. And I just basically talked to the person. I said, like, some ideas on other things they could try, um, some other methods they could try, things that they could do on their own that cost no money. Um, so I talked through that all with them. And that was really important because that was empowering them to make that decision. And I think what happened was they ended up booking with me for a little while longer. And then they said that they were going to take a break from treatment. And I was totally down with that. I was like, okay, yeah, let me know how it goes. I, I hope this goes well. You know, let me know how those other ideas went or if you, you know, do something else. So, so yeah, they did end up, by the way, letting me know how things went. So, so yeah, um, all this to say, it's all about empowering the client and making sure they always have a choice and they don't have to just do things because like it's a habit or, you know, they're used to it or they just like coming to see you. I mean, that's okay if they just like coming to see you. That's their choice too. But yeah, it's all about empowering the client to make their own decisions. So for those of you out there who are already doing all this, you know, you're already creating a positive, safe space for your clients. You know, your clients always feel like they're in charge. I mean, yes, you know, you're the expert in terms of your actual practical um, knowledge of your profession. And you're the one actually doing the treatments or applying the treatments, prescribing it, whatever the, you know, or giving the, the workout plans or whatever it is you do. Sure, you're an expert. But you're framing it in a framework that allows them to make the final decisions and uh, say yes or no to things and all that kind of stuff. 
Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for not, you know, having this attitude that, well, just because you have knowledge, everybody has to do what you say. Because unfortunately, we do fall into that kind of attitude, you know, especially when it, when we end up getting attacked by other professions who don't see us as equals or whatever it might be, you know, because I, I do see that happening sometimes, unfortunately, and um, it, it can be hard, you know, it can be hard. Um, one profession saying another doesn't do sufficient job on something or, you know, saying that, no, no, you shouldn't see that professional because they don't, they won't do a good enough job. You should see me instead, like stuff like that. And I know that's part of the reason we start to get defensive and we start to kind of, sometimes it kind of bleeds off on the way we treat clients. But that's not really okay, right? Because you you have to you have to create that safe space, positive space for your client. And you have to clients, and you have to make sure that they always feel like they're in control. Um, so for those of you listening to this, and you're now thinking you may need to make a few changes, you may need to kind of change the way you have a dialogue with clients and change um, just uh, the way you intake clients, the way. Uh, you present treatment plans or workout plans, nutrition plans, whatever it is you do with clients. Great. You know, I'm glad that this was food for thought for you. So that's it for this topic. It is a bit of a sticky, tricky topic, just like a lot of the ones we cover on this podcast. Um, I hope you guys have a great November, I guess, because I'm recording this in November. And I'll be back with you with another episode very soon. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I really do appreciate your time and your efforts. The times that you guys contact me with ideas for the podcast or comments about episodes or ratings and reviews, all of that, I really love it. I read all of it. I do really appreciate you guys. Um, by the way, if you would like to leave me a formal review, of course, I would really appreciate that. Head on over to iTunes, find my podcast, so Life Beyond the Massage Table, Click on ratings and reviews and then just give me a rating and a review. Five stars, of course, and a glowing review. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, let me know what you really think, but I do appreciate five stars as well. Let's be real here. Now, for you guys that might be new to the podcast, let me briefly introduce myself here. My name is Candace Eisner, and I am a former massage therapist in the province of Ontario, and I've also worked in various other health and wellness careers, so I've got a pretty good view of what it's like to do what you guys do. My mission right now is to help those in health, wellness, and fitness careers build strong businesses because I really believe to my core that taking care of others has to start with taking care of you. So that's what this podcast is all about, is helping you build a business that really matches who you are and what you value and what's important to you so that you feel happy when you go to work each day. You feel like this career is the right one for you, that everything just works so much better for your life. Now, before I finish off and let you guys get about, you know, go about your day, I will mention where you can find me on social media if you would like to. The main place you can interact with me if you'd like to just chat or see what I'm posting about or, you know, get on my newsletter list or any of that kind of stuff, find me on Instagram. Um, Happy Little Biz is my username. Or, of course, you can head over to my website, happylittlebiz.com, and there's links to all that stuff there. All right, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back at you soon.